Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another Fearless Friday. It's your girl Fearless Kia. I have someone special here with me today. He goes by the name of Cyrus Aaron. He is an author, director, what else can we say? Model now. You know, poet. <laughs> poet. Every- poet, of course, poet. That's the first poet, thing storyteller. Storyteller. You know, everything. Everything from organizer. the Organizer. Yeah. Shy Shiro. City, Chicago. We in the building. Yep, Little Cyro. Little Cyro. Here we go. Here we go. You Little Cyro from 79. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, Welcome to the Fearless Kid Podcast. I'm so happy to have you on here Thank today. You. We always start out with, what did you do today to treat yourself? Mm, okay. Uh, I slept. Oh. You know, self-care is real. Yeah. And we need rest, especially when you work hard. And yeah. so I definitely would say I took um, a good night's rest, maybe nine hours, you know, maybe 10. Oh. Yep. You I did what? wake up in the middle of that, you know, and then was like, you know, I'm gonna get a little bit more. You it's gotta, like, you gotta refuel, you gotta re-energize, and sometimes your body tells you, like, mm-hmm. um, actually, no, you're gonna stay in, and you're gonna yeah, close these eyes know. and get that get necessary this, get rest. Get this cold out your eyes all the way. Cold out your so eyes. Like, completely get it out and like get the rest you need. It's fine. Yes, absolutely. So tell everyone a little bit about what you have going on right now. Um, just a little bit about yourself and how you kind of got here at this point in your journey mm. um, to which you're, you have currently manifested a lot in such a short time. So just give everyone like a quick little update about that. All right. So updates or backstory into updates. Uh, I am a storyteller. So that means writer, uh, poetry, uh, anywhere the words can create some type of narrative, you know, I fall into that place. I've had the opportunity to also do some on-camera work and with modeling and also on air. May I see him in Soho <laughs> at the Express Store, you know, in the you, window. You, you may have seen me on a billboard or two, um, but right now I'm doing, uh, I'm a guest um a guest on iHeartRadio's Fresh Pick Mondays, which is really dope. And so we talk about music, um, all the latest in the music world, new releases, new singles, albums, etc. And I have a there's an amazing team um, of folks that I work with on that show, and I'm blessed for the for the opportunity that uh, the folks at iHeartRadio um, have given me. Uh, working on uh, new short pieces for theater for the stage. So my first play someday, this pain will be useful to you. Uh, it came out in 2016, and so I'm working on the next couple pieces to hopefully get produced and uh, on the stage next year, 2018. Yes. And so we're rocking on that. Um, a lot of like underground creative work, doing live shows. You can find me at the Bowery like once a season. Um, have some new opportunities coming up with some other hotel groups to do like more monthly performances and uh reoccurrences so yeah just a little bit of everything just working and then the campaign you know i'm in the i'm in the community i'm in the streets activists we should have added that i'm in the streets activists out here doing the work for the people uh so traveling city by city uh i got two trips coming up to detroit and houston uh we'll be you know visiting a couple schools and classrooms that i partner with and you know delivering goods and school supplies to the students and then, of course, like getting into the neighborhoods that are really impacted by negligence, that are really impacted by injustices and finding out who's on the ground doing the work now um, right. and giving them a platform to kind of share what the problems are that they face and then what solutions are they bringing to those problems. Right. 
So Cyrus for president 2020. That's pretty much what. I mean, better me than who's in there now. So. <laughs> okay. Oh, better okay. me than who's in there now. Absolutely. We, we will not say any names, but we know what we're talking about. Absolutely. So I want to start out by asking you, what is your deepest fear? My deepest fear. Um, it's the, uh, the Mo Better Blues um, Bleak Gilliam effect. My deepest fear is not being able to do what it is that I do. Uh, my natural gift is a writer. Uh, that is my conviction. I've had that ability from a very, very young age. And I know that it is the, the calling that God has given me to speak to people and also tell their stories. And so uh, in the movie Mo Better Blues, I hope everyone's seen it. If you haven't, Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler Spoiler alert. alert. But the Bleak Gilliam effect is uh, Denzel Washington plays the character Bleak Gilliam. And somewhere in the the storyline, you know, he's an amazing trumpet player. You know, Mm. he has his own band. He has his, you know, has a show. Everyone loves him and what he can do with his talents. And then something happens uh, within the storyline and he's unable to play again. He loses his Mm. ability to play and um, he loses himself, you know at the loss of the one thing that he, that was most true to him and the scene in which you have to watch him try to perform. And he can't, when I tell you it's heartbreaking, like every time mm-hmm. I watch that movie, like my soul, <laughs> my, soul my soul be in pain. Cause I, I fear that like to not be able to speak to people, um, through the gift of writing, mm-hmm. you know, to not be able to step on stage, and recite a poem and connect uh, with whoever's in the audience to not be able to write a play and, you know, have that play reach people, you know, right. as artists, you know, as, as from musicians to writers, whatever your creative um, ability is, like are a part of what we do is so connected to other people. Mm-hmm. And so to not be able to present that um, before people, I mean, it, it gets me every time. So that's my that's my biggest fear. Do you feel like when you're, you know, writing or you're producing or curating these live experiences, um, plays, do you, or even just poetry and you're writing a book, do you feel that when you get to that place of like writer's block or when you're actually trying to to reach the vision in which you had envisioned that mm. piece of work to translate visually and you know on the stage do you feel that sometimes if you don't see it happening or you don't you're not getting it out that you that fear starts to creep in and if so how do you kind of switch gears you know Mm. mentally because the hardest thing is that's that's a the mind state you know like a mental state where you're like you can work yourself up so much that the thing that you fear the most starts to come into fruition it's not so i think so for like when it comes to writer's block i know it happens but i don't believe in it to where it affects me and that it's able to function so for me like every piece that i create the creation process has a timeline Mm. and you may have an idea you may have you know the first 16 bars, you may have, you know, the first set of sonnets, you may have, you know, a couple chapters in you, but there's something in your life to where you have to go through a process to be able to complete that full work. And so the moment where I'm writing and I'm trying to develop a character and I'm trying to find that character and step into the soul of that character and, you know, the ink kind of falls short, 
then I know it's like, okay, I got to stop here. And there's something else that I need to get. Like there's a, there's a mood, Mm -hmm. there's a, there's a backstory, there's a layer that I haven't found yet to continue on. And so, and, and once it becomes like complicated, I just stop and pause. And then there's a there's a, a ton of other narratives that I know I can write and go right. to. So I was like, well, let me pivot and go in another direction until I'm able to get what I need for that specific character or for that specific poem or piece. So it's just a matter of time. Um, right. And, you know, what we create is very layered. Like it has just as many layers as, as, as we have. And sometimes we can also be in our own way. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's not necessarily a, a, I don't have a fear to where it's brought on by me. I think just more so just the fear of something else happening to where it, it impacts me in a way where I can't continue. Something else like what? Like, a, like at the hands of someone else, you know, like at the, or like, you know, or even, or even, you know, God just saying like, you know, that's it. You know, like when you see a, an artist, you know, we grow up with all these singers and then those singers get to that age where they just ain't got it no more. <laughs> and they just, you know, it's like they yes. they can't they can't hit them notes that they no used names, to. Right? But... We're not going to name call. But every singer gets to that point where, you know, you can't hit those notes that you used to be able to, you know, 20, you know, 30, even for a lot of them, like 40 years ago. Um, but that doesn't stop them from doing what they do. Um, but th- there will come a time where you'll lose it. So I'm fine with age being a part of the process, but like some external factor, I get into a fight, you know, an accident of some sort, like something that takes it away from me that I can't have Mm. time. Okay. I get that. We're human. We're going to age, you know, death is the most natural thing that there is next to life. Totally understandable. But at the hands of someone else or some other thing that's out of my control, that's, that's my concern. That's, that's my, that's what scares me. So it's also a matter of a fear of, not have a control over yeah of my your work yeah of it yeah of something else that may occur that you don't even know that may or may not let's just say mm-hmm. may or may not occur yeah. in a few fu- in the future but it's something that you're taking in as a factor yeah like uh it just happens i can't right like, i don't know what? if i'm able to handle that mm-hmm. because you i mean and you can speak to this you have always known that this is your passion and this is your purpose. How did you come to like that? How did you come to knowing that this is what God has put you on this earth to mm. do and to tap into those talents that you, you knew were manifesting inside of you? Yeah. Um, it's so unique. Uh, and that's the beauty of, of life to where God works in such a phenomenal way and the universe aligns things in such a phenomenal way to where, it continuously tells you what you need to know about yourself. Mm. Like life happens in a way where it will always tell you the important things that you need to continue on in life. I used to write (laughs) random. I used to just write poetry in like middle school. Didn't really know how I knew how to, you know, how to write poetry. It just naturally, that's just the way I, thought I'd communicate. Mm. And I used to do it just like to get girls, to impress girls. Like, I'm gonna write you a poem, like, you know, uh slide it in the slide, locker. Slide it in the locker, <laughs> put it, you know, saying hand it to you on the lower while we walking through the hallway. And that was like my natural form of communication. You know, just like I can do this. Like it just it was just easy. And I used to watch a lot of movies growing up as a kid. So my mom is a huge movie buff. So she would have like the old school film noirs, like the black and white Mm. joints. Um, And so I would literally just go through her connect her collection 
uh, through her can in a film and just watch it at the crib. The only child. So I had a lot of time on my hands. So when I wasn't outside, I'd just be in the crib watching movies. And it was just something about the, the way the movies would speak to me while I was mm-hmm. watching them, you know, and, and seeing the characters. And, and when they would say something cool or, you know, clever, I'd be like, wow, that was good. You know, like, oh, who wrote that? Like, exactly. Right? Like, like, man, that's that, that, that's so it's it's so good. I'm like, wow. It's like, I want to do that. You know, and or seeing uh, something, a performance on stage and just seeing people tell stories. It was just reminders like this is what you're supposed to do. And then I feel like as I got to my 20s, lower 20s, you know, I feel like, you know, God spoke to me. He was like, you're like, you know, writing is your conviction. And, you know, through this, you will tell the stories of people and those stories that have been untold, those stories that have been hidden, Mm -hmm. those stories um, that essentially have been discarded and toss into the margins you were bringing those into light and i and i believe that's been the voice um you know of what my assignment is and i've been following that ever since yeah and so just to tell um people you used to work in the hospitality industry and Mm -hmm. so you transitioned out of there about two years three years ago two years two two years ago 2015 2015 and so what made you say you know what i'm not living in my purpose right i'm not living I'm not chasing after my passion and and the things that I know that I should be doing. What made you say, you know what, I'm going to go all in on this? Mm Because a lot of people know or feel certain things that they should be Mm -hmm. doing, Mm -hmm. but they haven't acted upon them. So what made you be like, you know what, I'm going to act upon this feeling that I know is now burning inside of me to a point that I can know if I don't do it now. I I don't know if I could live with myself knowing that I never really fully give it 100%. I've never, so I've never left my my gift or my calling. Okay. Where like some people, like you know, you completely leave out of sight, out of mind. You you make a right turn, and now you're on a whole other path. And then something happens, and you're like, oh, I got to get back. Right. For me, the art has always been first and foremost. It was just a matter of what I needed to do and how I needed to equip myself. In order to solely do it. So I had to get a job <laughs> like the rent in New York is, is, you know, the rent is too damn high. I remember, remember my too man, the rent is too damn high. Like it was there was no way um, I could in the beginning. Like when I first moved here seven years ago, 2010, um, I moved to New York in 2010 and. I tried to, you know, I would do the slam competitions, you know, and I would compete um, during the, during the open mics. Um, I did a lot of freelance work with writing. I would PA um, for, you know, different events and different media companies just to stay what I thought was staying true to the path of an artist. Right. Um, but Every month on the first, I'd be like, man, I don't know where this rent going. <laughs> like, I don't, right. I don't know. Like, how I'm I love doing these things, you know, but like, at the end of the cool. day, I gotta have a roof over my, my head. head. Like, I, you know, like if I if I want if I want to be here, I gotta be here. And the way to be here is to have a mailbox where <laughs> mail is coming to to me and my name at my home at my address. Um, so it was a matter of it was just a matter of the corporate career was just a way so that I can one pay my rent and then two um be able to have the finances I need needed that I knew would help me excuse me leverage and push myself into like producing my own projects right cuz like with in this world it's like there's not going to be 
the amount of handouts are very few and far between. Mm-hmm. You know, for somebody like to randomly see you somewhere at an open mic and a big opportunity comes from that. Or, you know, to be able to get your play uh, mounted on a stage when no one knows within that industry who the hell you are. That just don't, it doesn't happen that way. Um, so you have to be ready to finance something. And so I knew, okay, this world, hospitality and dining, can possibly help me finance and give me some connections that will like be very important down the line. But even while I was doing a nine to five, I would still hit the open mic circuit. I would still, you know, go to I would get hired by nonprofits to work with the youth as far as creative writing goes. So right. like I was always tapped into it. It's just my attention had to be split for a set period of time. It wasn't forever, and I knew it wouldn't be a long time. And so I spent, you know, four and a half years um, in hospitality and dining and and built up a really great track record, built up a great rapport in that industry because I respected its purpose in my life. Right. And I didn't treat it like, oh, this is just something that I got to do just to be able to do what I want to do. Yes, but at the same time, those relationships, you know, the people that I meet in this industry, there may come a time where I may need them again, or there may come a time where they have something that fits me specifically based on my gift and my create and my creative ability. Let me not just treat this like, you know, yeah, I'll never have right. to come back here again. And because New York is small, because New York is very small and the same way. And now what I'm doing with on the community work I do have to lean on some of those relationships. I do call in favors. You know, the event that we just had this past week was me calling on a favor from old colleagues and bosses who worked in that industry. And I said, hey, we want to do something for the people. We want to do a fundraiser for um, the hurricane victims. And they were like, we got you. You know, it's like, no problem. When do you want to do it? Had I not treated those, you know, relationships properly, had I not treated that time with, you know, respect and care, they would look at me like, who are you? <laughs> like, right, right, what, right. What do you, what do you exactly. want? No. Have you found that by investing in your passion or having something to invest in your passion, that now as you are in it, because now it's just like you book blessed and busy. Yeah. As, um, Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> as Kayla Walker would say, Kayla Walker would say, um, do you find that in that now that you've invested in that because you truly believe in it, that you also had to make sacrifices along the way to get to this point um, to balance out now your professional career um, and your personal life? I mean, listen, um, the sacrifice is always required. Sacrifice is always required. And there's a, there's a scripture um, that says um, obedience is better than sacrifice, um, but you need both. And sometimes being obedient shows itself in the form of a sacrifice. Mm. Whereas it's like, I can't, all right, I can't, you know, go out and do X, Y, and Z. I can't, you know, go have fun tonight. I can't, you know, hit the, hit the Halloween party. I can't, you know, go to the turn up. I can't. You Sacrificing know. the turn up for a life of glo- <laughs> lifetime of gloves. That's how Yeah, like you, like you have to. Uh, it's real. And, you know, I always think of that, that Kanye, uh, and I got to paraphrase, but when he was like, you know, lock, lock myself in the basement, um, making five beats a day um, for, you know, for three summers. It's just like, I'm, I know what I'm missing, but I know what I don't want to miss. You know, Ooh, in the I long know. term, like cause mm-hmm. I know what I'm about to I know what I'm missing now, but I know what I don't want to miss out on later. Right. And so I 
completely know that you you have to you have to have to have to sacrifice because the it takes time for the for the fruit to show itself. You know, we think in overnight celebrity, a, a lot of times we, we think everything just happens like overnight. Boom. Like next thing you know, somebody blew up and they came out of nowhere. They've been putting in work underneath the soil for a very long time. Right. And if you want longevity, which I hope we all do and whatever it is that we're doing, if you want longevity, you have to put that time in. And so that, there's going to be some personal sacrifices. But I think we just you maneuver through that. You know, I've I've missed, you know, moments. I just missed a wedding um, of two really good friends of mine um, because I had I had work, you know, what I mean, it's, and it's just like I had gigs. And even when I tried to it was funny, I still tried to uh, I, I canceled or not canceled, but like declined one gig to be able to make the wedding. And then two other gigs came up. Mm. It was like no, bro. Like you, it's like God was like, you got work to do. Like right. I know, I know you want to be with your friends. Like right. I know you want to like be in the pictures. I know you want to have this moment. I know you want to be a witness to like this love um, and black love at that. However, I put you on this path, and you gonna you gonna miss out on some things now. And, and this but, is your time. And this is and this is your time. And for you to de- and if if you keep declining, it's like then do you really want it? Um, mm. And so just like all right. They'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll get over it. We'll make more memories in, in some other capacity somewhere down the line. Um, but, yeah, sacrifice is definitely it's it's in there, whether it's relationships, whether it's, you know, um, just how you spend your time and doing the things that you may want to do. But right. there's a I mean, it, it costs to do this. Well, speaking of like time, do you feel like, you know, there's a do you feel like the timeline and maybe what you had envisioned for yourself um a while back and now being, you know, in your early 30s, do you feel like the timeline of those things of like black love or, you know, having a family and those things that you may personally want conflict with your professional goals and what you're in a pursuit now? Because like everything right now, your mindset is work mode. Yeah. But then it's like that conversation that comes up all the time where it's like, okay, not that there's like, the society has put a timeline on things that yes. everybody pressures themselves yep. sometimes. But removing that, you know, from the equation, do you feel as though you may miss out? Like you said, you missed out on a wedding. Do you feel like you may miss out on some things that you want for yourself personally because you're so you know, in work grind mode, do you feel that you may be sacrificing those things um, <clears throat> as you continue to work? Because it's only going, yeah. you, you're only going up from here right. at this point, right? And right. it's only been two years. Imagine what could happen in three, four, five <coughs> years. Yeah. So wh- where do you, where are you at with that personally? Um, you know, it's like, um, when you think about, um, the growth that's required um, and to grow, you have to challenge yourself, right? Okay. It's like you have to, to get better and to improve. And I think, you know, for a lot of us as artists, we are, we can be, you know, recluse. We can be very, not introverted, but insular to where, all right, I'm going to be in a, the office. I'm going to be in my lab. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to cook up some work that I think is necessary. Um, and I'm going to, you know, not go to something, but, because my work is presented before people, I think it gives me the opportunity to still be out. Right. Um, and to still, you know, see what's, see what's out there. Um, but I, you know, we've pushed up the, I think we, we, we thought that, 
a lot of things would come much sooner than they than they than they will. Mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna say like than they have, but then they will. You know, society painted this picture and it was like, All right, you'll be married by the time you're twenty four, you'll be making six figures by the time that you're like twenty seven. Right. You know, you'll have the kids by thirty and then you're good to go. And this is like, no, that's not the case at all. Um so I think it's us coming into what the real time frame is for us individually. Yeah. As individuals, like that's, you know, what we saw and, you know, the, the image that was painted before us, you know, what we thought was true is not true. And we're realizing that. Um, cause a lot of times like folks ain't really, really into their careers until, you know, the thirties, you know, 30 isn't that it's a milestone for age, but I don't consider it. And I no longer consider it a milestone for, personal success Mm. Um, just because I know that you know there when you look at the people whatever your uh, career profession is the folks who have been able to really build and grow something powerful they've been they they were doing it so long before they actually had what we would consider their big break you know they, they were they were at it you know chipping away for so long before they got that prime time television slot before you know they were able to sell out their first huge you know major show that before they were able to broker that really big deal this thing takes time like right. it takes time to build something um and so i don't think i think i'm just now stepping into you know at the right time you know right. what it is that i'm here for and what it is that I'm, you know, that I that I want to do and what I what I want to achieve, and I'm I'm fine with that. Like my twenties was a great learning experience. You know, I went the entrepreneurial route. You know, I I failed at a startup. Um, you know, I transitioned from one city to another. You know what I mean? Like I I lost you know friendships that I thought were you know important and necessary. You know, at, at times I lost myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I. I struggled financially, you know, but I, but along those way, along that way, I had just the small opportunities that were meant to be reminders to say, you're on the right path. Like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Like just these little, these little moments that, you know, may to, to the outside eye may not be important at all. But to me, it was like that breath of fresh air to just, to give me exactly what I needed to keep going. Right. And I and I've been able to do so, and I'm and I'm thankful that I've been cognizant of those things, and that I've assigned value to them, even though other people may not. Mm. So, who are you when no one else is looking? Who am I when no one else is looking? Um, hmm, I feel like I'm the. I feel like I'm the same. Is that is that a lie? Am I lying? Can you read my, look at my answer? Can you look at my answer? I'm lying. Uh, when, That's not a lie. I mean, no, I'm. You know, I am very. Um, I, I'm the first to admit I'm a very. Um, I can be very difficult. Um, I can be very complicated. But I'm an artist. You know. You know, I'm, I'm sensitive about my shit. You know, it's like, it's like, <laughs> that's just how it is. Like, it's fine. Um, but when no one's looking, it's like, yo, I'm I'm the same in a sense of I have things to do. Right. You know, there's purpose to get done. But I also enjoy my life. You know, and like, I, I like to have fun. I love to laugh. Like, when you you look at my friend circle, um, there are a lot of comedians right. in my friend circle for very, and not like, that's not their profession, but, but I think they're the funniest people right. around. And that's and so key. And brings you joy. Listen. Like at, you, the, at the moments where you're like, oh my God, there's so much stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And like, instead of, you know, what did uh, Kevin Hart say? You got to la- laugh to keep from crying sometimes. Oh yeah. Laugh through my pain. Uh, or laugh yeah. through my pain. Yeah. Well, 
I feel like that was somebody else. No, it, it wasn't Kevin Hart. But I was somebody gonna, else said that. I right? was gonna let it slide because I figured one of your viewers or, or listeners will probably would have corrected you. Yeah, I need you to correct right. me on that. But somebody else said that. But you gotta laugh to <laughs> keep from crying, and I'm not sure who said that right now. So it's probably y'all, a gospel song. Don't come, low key. Don't come for me because <laughs> I, I know somebody said that. I just can't think of it right now. To the top of my head. It's, yeah. um, but having those people who are uh, comedians in your life or bring you laughter mm-hmm. is very important, um, particularly when, like, they don't know what you're going through. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking a little bit about, like, people just asking you, are you okay? Yeah. What's going on with you? And sometimes even by them not asking, but them just making you laugh at that moment in time makes a huge difference in whatever your mental state was at that time and your thought process or whatever you were going through. Because mm-hmm. you got you have to break through, you got to break through the filters, right? Because we can have so many surface conversations in and out every day um, so consistently. And I feel like because it's surface, it's just, it's a filter. So we having this conversation, but through the entire dialogue, you never really break through that filter. You never really get into like the pores of me and who I am. You know, mm-hmm. you never get to the real me because um, we just shooting the breeze. You know, we doing what everybody else you know says is enough to do. But in breaking the filter, I'm actually curious enough to find out how are you feeling. You know, are you happy? Mm-hmm. Like, how many times does someone does someone ask you? Even just casually, not a best friend, not somebody that you really rock with, but if they just ask you, like, "Are you happy? Are you okay?" It's 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 already. I, I had a I had a, a I met with an actor uh, who was from um, um, from France, and uh, a PR a publicist had like connected us, and so we you know we linked up. Um, amazing brother out in uh, out in Paris, and we just chopped it up for the first time. And he and while we we're talking, he was like. Are you happy? And I thought it was the weirdest question. Because, like, bro, I don't know you. Right, like, who are <laughs> like, you? And this happened Ooh. some time ago. And I was like, am I happy? And it was it was so foreign to me to hear that, from especially from someone that I don't really know. Um, but at the same time, just to hear that anyway and to, to for someone to try to really, like, tap into my humanity. Mm. And I had to check myself because at first I was going to give a very, like, defensive protective answer right. right like shape something oh yeah i'm good yeah i'm, I'm fine like i'm really happy like everything's yeah, going everything well blah, 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 blah. You know? start talking fast just like right start talking fast right. that's how you know you're nervous fast. if somebody's yeah. asking you to be vulnerable Ex- and exactly. to be open and you're like because i want to be vulnerable so i ain't gonna take my time i'm just gonna like you know speed through this and you know then i in that moment i, I checked myself and i thought i thought about it and i gave him a real answer and he broke through the filter and it's uncomfortable especially with like the, the this new you know social media age and like everything being so fabricated and polished and like refined and and curated to where we don't often break through that filter and mm-hmm. it's such a necessity for our well-being for who we are as people like we are humans before anything and I, and we and we keep getting away from that we continue to get away from that. And I'm like, we got to do better. Like, we have to do better. And I don't understand. And I get why we don't. Um, but we have to do better. Yeah. I mean, human. I feel like the technology age, when we were growing up, like, 
you still had to call the house to talk to somebody. We ain't had yeah. all this. Uh, we just going to text. We just social media. Yeah. I know what this person is doing. I don't really need to check on them because I already know what they're doing. Right. Like there was a sense of um, let me call this person's house just to call just to check on them and say, "Oh girl, what you doing?" I was yeah. just you know seeing what's up. Like phone calls are now the modern day intimacy. Yeah, like no yeah. one really calls anymore. Everything is a text. A text takes two seconds. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you text me. Oh, yeah, like, my phone going nothing. off now. I'm sorry, it's going off. <laughs> My phone going off now. My bad. You know, but it's it's one of those things where it's like people don't pick up the phone anymore just to have a conversation. I mean, I know here in New York it's easier to be like, oh, let's just get up in person. But is it really easy? I mean, I may have seen somebody six months ago, right? And we live in the same borough. And you you feel like that was enough. And you, but you feel like that's enough. Where you know when we were growing up in that age prior to like the technical the digital age mm-hmm. and technology i'm um, evolving it was like no you gotta call this person's mother you need to make sure that you know are y'all together text was basically for emergency only mm-hmm. or phone call was for emergency only if you had a cell phone but everything was very much so old school yeah um and i think that nowadays people don't understand the importance and the essence of that yeah human convert like the human connection conversation interaction going that extra step i think just shooting a text and saying how are you it's yeah. like it's cool don't get me wrong it's like okay i'm i'm doing good but yeah. that's it like that is like okay she good it, yeah. you don't go beyond you good nobody yeah. asks is like are you okay yeah when things are great yeah nobody asks is like are you happy when things are going well and it's the it's the there is a there's a, a guaranteed access that we have now that I feel um, we just know that we can connect with somebody, mm-hmm. even when we don't do it intentionally, right? Like there's a lot of unintentional um, connecting happening where I go on Instagram and I start scrolling up and I'm updated, right? right but I it's like, but there's no, there's, there's no real like. I didn't set out to do this. Like back in the day, like you set out to like pick up the phone. You had to like go to somebody's crib, ring the doorbell, see if they were there. Cause you may not, you, you right. really didn't know unless you called beforehand, um, before you left the crib. And if something happened and they mama took them somewhere and you showed up and nobody answered then you rode your bike or you got in your car and you, <laughs> and you went back to the crib. But that was intentional. Like that was something that you set out to do. Now, we can just easily just go on, go online, whether, whether whether Facebook is your vice, whether Instagram is your vice, Twitter, and you can kind of get a very roundabout but surface and general update on live. So where we feel like we know. But it know. also be, could be fake. And I'm not saying fake, oh, yeah, I mean, right? Yeah. Because I'm not saying it's fake, like, clearly. But it ain't it true and true, right? Want to, to be you seen. want yeah. people to see, right? Yeah. So if I go on and scroll up and it's like, oh, she doing good. She out yeah. having a good time. That's what it's doing. But you don't know if somebody's masking something that oh, yeah. they're going through. You and oftentimes know. we are. Like, right. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, you don't know if somebody's masking something that they're going through. Um, you just see that everything looks, mm-hmm. again, it looks great and dandy. But, other, you know, behind the scenes, there's a lot of other things that are going on with the individual. And so I challenge everyone to try to at least today Call someone yeah. that you haven't spoken to, but that you do think about or care about because it makes a huge difference. I feel like it changes the the, the narrative between you and that individual, yeah. right? It shows them a side of you that you're like, damn, like, you just called, you didn't want nothing. You just mm. wanted to know how I'm doing. You just wanted to see. And you don't know where that conversation could go. You don't know what could be going on with that person. 
And so that that is something that I want to challenge everyone to do. Challenge, accept that challenge. Get that. Like, don't just go for what it look like. What it looks like. Go for what it feels like. Yeah. You know, get the get the soul of a person. And speaking of phone calls, I have to go on to like a little tangent, but it was uh, I really appreciated um, Cyrus when I was recovering from my surgery that you called me. You know, a lot of people, I mean, you know, some people pulled up and that was great. You know, came to the crib, you know, hometown. And I appreciate that, too. But it was very, it's a rarity to have someone to pick up the phone. And I, especially, I know you're really busy to pick up the phone and call and just be like, hey, how are you doing? How was everything? You know, glad your surgery went well. How was home? Like, yeah. being away from New York recovering, too, because out of sight, out of mind. Right. Like, you're not yeah. in this vicinity. Yeah. I don't see you out. Or you're not in... Brooklyn, where maybe I can like slide through, it's out of sight, out of mind. So that just is an example of like showing up for people in ways in which are very, it doesn't have to be a huge gesture, but it can be so much more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, not being at a hospital, not like, oh, you have to be at the hospital. You have to be at this person, show up in person. Sometimes just picking up a phone and having a conversation adds value to somebody's experience or whatever it is that they're going through. So I appreciate that. My yeah, friend. we are here. It's fam. You know what it is. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Well, I thank you so much for joining me today on the Fearless Kid Podcast. I'm so excited to have Thank you for having me. I can't believe it's over already. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know, right? We was going. We was going in. That's it. Oh, my goodness. That's it. That's it. I know. Well, Cyrus, I usually close out the episode. And this, I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. So, hopefully, this is, you know, the words come to you. But I I usually close out the episode with uh, a quote. A quote. That is inspirational. That is pertinent to... The fear that you have mentioned earlier. Mm. Um, so I feel like why not turn it over to you to close out this episode with a quote that will help inspire someone today and resonate with them as they continue on mm. on their weekend. Mm. Um, let me let me think. Let me and think. Can be let your me think. Words. Uh, actually, there's a there is a, a quote I heard. Something I heard many, many years ago, um, and they said, um, the quote goes, whatever pains you, you were meant to heal. Whatever pains you, you were meant to heal. And so whatever that thing is that you're most, that you're connected with, that you feel very close to for whatever reason, whether it's a, something that happened in your own life, something that you watched happen um and it just rubbed you the wrong way or it somehow it really like got into the 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 soul and bones of you mm-hmm. and you and you can't you know stop thinking about it or it, it makes you restless whether it's an injustice whether it's you know something that's happening within your um, career field whether it's something that you watch happen to a friend or a family member again even in your own personal world whatever pains you you were meant to heal and a lot of times we can most times we can find our assignment we can find our calling and we can find our purpose in that pain i know that's right Woof, that was deep that's it. It ain't mine, so that's. <laughs> but it was deep. But, but I, I hold on. I still hold on. Hold to on to that, that yeah, dearly. Still, still. So I hope you guys hold on to that message as well. Have a great weekend. I hope you're having a great uh, Fearless Friday. And as always, I wish you nothing but love, light, and many blessings. It's hey. your girl Fearless Kia, and we out. We out. Peace.